You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. We're back on the Pipeline Show as we continue on with the Frozen Four Coaches Show. Next up, the UMass Minutemen, the, uh, the Minutemen getting through the regional uh, unscathed. In fact, did not give up a single goal in the two games. And uh, head coach Greg Carville joins me now. Coach, welcome to the Pipeline Show. Welcome back to the Pipeline Show. We talked to you a couple of years ago as well. Uh, how are things right now? Couldn't be much better right now, Guy. Yeah. Appreciate having me on. Well, it's great to talk to you again. I know it's a busy time, so I appreciate you making uh, the time to come back on the show. Just the focus and the mindset of the team now going to Buffalo compared to going into the regional. I, I know there were a lot of questions, people from outside the uh, the uh, program saying, you know, question marks, uh, inexperience, and how is that going to uh, factor for the team. But now that you've got through the regionals, do you sense a different feeling from your team, or has it just been confidence the whole way? No, I, I think we've grown up a lot over the last two weekends. Uh, two weekends ago, we went into our conference championship, um, and we didn't show up in the semifinal. And I think it was the first time, or one of the few times this year, where we looked like an immature team. We just weren't ready for the big stage and the big, the big lights and all the media hoopla surrounding it. So we fell off our game. We felt like there's a lot of distractions, and so going into the regionals, NCAA regionals, we we tried to limit as much of the distractions as possible. We kind of narrowed our game plan, and so the guys could really laser focus on just a few things. And I think that really did a good job energizing them and, and getting them prepared to play. And we'll use both of those weekends as experience going into Buffalo, which will once again be a big stage for this group. And we'll we'll go off our instincts because we don't have a lot of experience to go off of. I know you would have preferred to get the win against Boston College, but as a coach, not having that and seeing how your team responded in hindsight, was it almost a silver lining, a nice kick in the pants for the guys? Yeah, I think so. I guess what happens this weekend will ultimately determine that. But um, we, we've we not lost two games in a row all year, and every time we've lost a game, the next game we were pretty darn good because uh, it recenters us. But beyond that, we we learn we've learned a lot each year this year after every loss. So we took that we used that that loss like everyone as an opportunity to to learn about our team and make ourselves better. And it's absolutely what we did. And that showed in Manchester last weekend. Incredible record for the Minutemen this season. Uh, have been one of the the top ranked teams pretty much all all season long. And it's remarkable considering this is only year three for you at the program. And year one, only five wins that season. And two years later, you've got 30 wins. You're in the Frozen Four. Uh, if you could bottle the uh, secret to success, you'd, you'd be a pretty rich man. When you look at it, what is the key here? What? Why the big turnaround so quickly? Uh, it's probably a couple major points. First is hiring the right people. I was fortunate in hiring two great assistants and Ben Barr and Jared DeMichael who do a phenomenal job on the recruiting trail. Uh, they got deep uh, networks through contacts. Uh, so that was the first thing I was able to do. I've got good leadership from my athletic director, and you need that. And at the college level, you need that investment. You need your AD leading the charge for you. But maybe the biggest thing is the culture that we've been able to build and the unity of this group and the commitment and and the sacrifice that they've all made. And there's no bad kids in our locker room. They're they're all best buddies and it's they just bring great energy every day and they're very coachable very respectable respectful young men so to me uh, and you know i did the same thing in my previous job building culture of high standards and getting real high character kids is to me always the key and then you add kale mccarr to that whole equation and that really bumps your team to another level 
All right, let's get to uh, the players on the team. And, and obviously, we're in Canada. Got to start with the Canadian. Happens to be your top player in terms of scoring. And I think most people would uh, think of him as, uh, you know, he's a Hobie Baker finalist. I would uh, suggest he's the favorite to be the Hobie Baker winner this year. That, of course, is Kale McCarr. Uh, I know there were questions, would he come back after his freshman season? It, in one sense, do you almost feel like you're playing with house money here, getting him back again this year? I think most people would look at it that way. But I, when I first met Kale and his dad, you you found out, or I found out real quickly, that these are, these are different cats. Like, these people do things the right way. They're not uh, dispelled by anybody else. They... they they know what their process is, what they want their process to be. Kale's not in a rush to get anywhere. Uh, his dad, Gary, is a phenomenal person. And just, I think if Gary had his way, he might want to have Kale here another year. I think it was just, they recognized UMass and NCAA hockey as really good development stage for Kale. And after last year, he had a solid uh, freshman year, but in no way was he dominant. There was, you know, he's still, he's a young kid. He's 19, he was 19 last year and he wasn't ready to attack the NHL. He, he knew that. And the thing I love about Kale is that nobody makes his decisions for him. He makes the, he makes the decisions. You know, he, he turned, he's turned down different opportunities here because he didn't feel it was the right thing for him or maybe the right thing for his team. And he's absolutely a, a team first kid. He's incredibly humble. He's incredibly respectful and coachable and, um, you know, spoke about Hobie Baker. This kid deserves that award as much as maybe anyone who's ever won it. That's uh, Kale McCarr. We, uh, I remember seeing him up here playing for the Brooks Bandits. He was a terrific junior player. We've seen him play for Canada at various junior tournaments as well. How has he evolved since he's been with the program as a player, just on the ice, and and how he's sort of matured? He's evolved. You know, he's always was going to be a strong offensive player and make a big impact on the game offensively. But this year he took a big stride in that, how he affects the game defensively for our team. We go into every game, or I, I go into every game thinking, okay, Kale McCarr is going to earn us a goal, but he's also going to save us a goal. And his his assets, his skating and his compete and his physical play, he uses those real well defensively to make an impact on the game. We're, we played Harvard in the first NCAA game, and a player in Harvard got a breakaway. And Kale caught him from behind and simply, you know, picked up his stick and stole the puck. And it was as impressive as any goal he scored this year. Um, and he creates, uh, he creates out of the defensive zone. He, when he gets kids in a, a vulnerable position, that's where he uses his skating and his strength and his stick skills to create turnovers, which have, which have created a lot of offensive transition for us. And many times just him blowing by everybody and skating the length of the ice for a breakaway. So he's uh, he's developed that part of it, you know. After his freshman year, one of the things that both of us knew and both of us talked about was needing to get better defensively. Uh, but he's taken it to a new level where he creates offense by being a very good defensive player. UMass head coach Greg Carvel, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, looking at the Minutemen getting ready for the uh, trip to Buffalo for the Frozen Four. Uh, Makar is just one player on the team, and no matter how good a single player is. Probably not going to take a team uh, to this uh, this point in the season unless you've got a pretty solid uh, surrounding for him, supporting cast, and uh, you do uh, with the Minutemen. Another defenseman uh, we're talking about uh, from our, the Canadian perspective is Mario Ferraro, uh, who we saw get an invite to World Junior Camp uh, for Team Canada as well. 
he had more offensive points last year than he does this year, but I've been told that uh, he's become a much better player. Uh, maybe same sort of question I asked with McCarr, just how Mario Ferraro has uh, evolved over his couple of seasons uh, with you. Yeah, Mario, is uh, he, he flies under the radar because of Kale, uh, but not on our staff. He is as important as Kale. He plays big, heavy minutes. He is so uh, effective defensively. He's a powerful uh, entity on the ice. He wins battle after battle. He, his powerful skating allows him to separate guys from pucks. Uh, we're, we're fine with him not putting up huge offensive numbers because he does all the other things on the ice that, that you need to be successful. And he is an absolute uh, power and asset for us. And so I say this too, like if, if we lost Kale for a game, it'd be pretty obvious in our team. If we lost Mario for a game, it'd be just as obvious how big of impact he has. That's interesting. Um, now, when you look at the rest of the roster, and from an outside perspective, not a lot of whole household names, not a lot of names that casual fans will recognize, but when uh, all the attention is on the Frozen Four next weekend, uh, who will be some of those names that uh, people will get to know pretty well in Buffalo? Well, hopefully because they play well. Mitchell Chafee is a sophomore in power forward. He, he led the uh, hockey scoring as a sophomore. He's, he's, he's a very rare breed the left in college hockey where he's a, he's a big kid he's six foot one he absolutely hammers kids he can be very physical but he's a goal scorer too so he's a he's a true power forward that plays power play penalty kill he, he we get a lot of heavy shifts out of him and offense his own time um he's been a real he's a first team all league player as a sophomore um mark uh mark del Gaizo is a freshman defenseman who plays with gail mccarr a uh, real gifted offensive player. Um, led our defenseman in their second to KO and goal scored this year. And he was an all, uh, all rookie and all league player. Mm-hmm. So those guys are very good young players who hopefully on the big stage will get uh, some more recognition. Now, a couple of other players I want to touch on just briefly because uh, they're from our neck of the woods. Oliver Chow, another guy who played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, uh, sophomore for you this year. Uh, how has he been for you? Oliver, he's a good crafty. He's a shifty player. He can create offense. He was he had a digestive issue at the beginning of the year, so he missed about the first month, and it took him a while, probably the first semester, really, to get his game back. Uh, but he plays in that first line with Chafee and Gaudet. And plays in a shutdown position, although that's not his strength, but he's a very very smart player with the puck and um, very elusive kind of player. And, again, he's a sophomore and plays a big role on our team, plays in the second power play. And, uh, you know, he, he's, I believe he scored, yeah, he scored last weekend and he's been, his, his offense is, is geared up here at the end of the year, which is great to see. Well, perfect timing. That's for sure. Uh, the uh, last player, or I guess kind of two is, is Matt Murray, goaltender who we know uh, from his time around, uh, the Edmonton area as well. Uh, he's, he's been a big game goaltender in, in, uh, over his career, but you've uh, gone with, uh, Philip Lindbergh, who's been very good for you as well. And that's not a criticism, but I, I just wonder, was that a, a tough decision to make? to go away from Matt Murray, who's played basically two-thirds of the games for you this year. Uh, how did you make that call? We've made the decision all year long on which kid deserves to be in the net, and Matt deserved it through the first semester. He went 11-0, and so it was hard to go away from him. Mm-hmm. And um, just in the second half of the year and the last month of the season, the numbers started trending down. And uh, our first playoff game, he gave up three goals, uh, pretty quickly, so we made it the goalie change, and ever since then, 
Lindbergh, uh, I think he's got three shutouts in, in the four or five games he's played. And uh, he just, he's made, both the guys have made it easy decisions for us most of the year. And uh, both kids are unbelievable. They're really, there's really not much separating the two. Um, but the kid that we're, we're fortunate to have two good goalies and that if one comes off their standard a little bit, the other kid is eager to jump in and improve his worth. And that's been the case all year. Now, Coach, uh, give me your thoughts on Denver. That's the team that you'll be playing uh, in uh, Buffalo to start the uh, the Frozen Four off. Not a lot of differences when you look at the uh, the tail of the tape. Outside of uh, special teams, your power play has been very, very successful this year. Theirs has struggled. But outside of that, uh, it seems like the, it's a fairly even uh, 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 match. Uh, what's your take on the Pioneers and what you expect from them? Yeah, I, I see them very similar. I think the outstanding goaltending. Uh, good skill up front and then a back end that they rely on as a backbone of their team, very, very similar to us. Uh, but the, what I've watched on tape here in the last couple of days, very good defensive team. They don't give you a lot. Um, creative in the offensive zone. And again, defensemen that can make a difference in the game with the, with their ability. So uh, if I describe my team, it, it'd probably be pretty similar. So, um, I guess both, both us and Denver have two shutouts and, uh, the regionals, so I guess everybody's looking for a zero yeah. zero game, but I don't know if that'll be the case. It might be it might be wide open, it might be close uh close checking. Um, you know, when you get to this time of the year, you never you know, expect anything. Because both teams uh, got to this point with shutouts, is the first goal of this game even more critical than than maybe normal just because it, neither club has faced that uh, playing from behind just yet in the national tournament? Yeah, you, you sure. You know, just again at this point of the year, whoever scores the first goal in the game, I would have to think that the percentage of them winning those games is extremely high, just because everybody plays at another level defensively, uh, which we were able to do last weekend. Uh, same with Denver. So yeah, that first goal, we, we preach that all year long, and to me, it's always a signal of which team came more ready to play and more ready to compete. They usually find a way to score that first goal. Coach, last question for you. Uh, all four coaches are among the ten finalists for the Spencer Penrose uh, Trophy as a uh, top Division One coach this year. You can't vote for yourself. I don't know if you actually have a vote at all, but if you did, of the other nine, who would you cast your vote towards? Well, I, I've got a, a good friend here in Western Mass, just a half hour down the road. Eric Langity, I see, he's done a phenomenal job rebuilding the program. Uh, we both started at the same time. Both kind of had the same uh, trajectory, so you know, let's consider him uh, uh, brethren through this. And then uh, Greg Powers at Arizona State, another another guy who have gotten to know well. And, uh, again, we, I feel like uh, the three of us have kind of been hand-in-hand hand, uh, trying to build a hockey program. So uh, those guys would be near the top of my list. Excellent. Uh, Coach, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck in Buffalo at the Frozen Four, and uh, I hope I get to speak with you again. All right. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Head coach Greg Carvel from the UMass Minutemen. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup on uh, Thursday for uh, fans of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. You have uh, Kale McCarr, of the, uh, formerly of the Brooks Bandits, going up against Ian Mitchell of the Denver, Denver Pioneers, who played for uh, the Spruce Grove Saints. And those two players, those two teams, got together head-to-head, went head-to-head in 2016 for the... Uh, AJHL crown, the uh, Brooks Bandits winning that series. I believe it was six games. Those two teams, by the way, meeting up this year as well in the uh, HHL finals. That uh, series gets going this weekend. But Ian Mitchell, Kale McCarr, they know each other pretty well from their uh, 
AJHL days. They'll get reacquainted again this Thursday. Uh, the Pioneers and the Minutemen. That's the second game on Thursday at the Frozen Four. Uh, and that means we have one more team to preview, and that is the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl, youngest coach in Division One. David Carl is the head coach of the those Denver Pioneers. Hear from him next here on the Pipeline Show's Frozen Four Coaches Show. Hi, this is David Carl, head coach of the University of Denver Pioneers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. And Patrick Sharp were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 